This is a broadcast of SmallCapVoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. SmallCapVoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of SmallCapVoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. You're wired in smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Welcome back, everybody. And once again, thank you so much for taking time to tune in to our online business briefing brought to you here by smallcapvoice.com, where, as you know, we shine a spotlight on some of the smartest and freshest plays here in the market today. And we're welcoming back to the show Progressive Care Incorporated, traded on the OTCQB under the ticker symbol RX. MD, and we're lucky enough once again to be joined by the CEO of Progressive Care, that's Sheetal Marr. Sheetal, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you again for taking time to call in. Now, you and I had an investor earnings conference call about a month or two ago. And when we were in that call, lots of questions about the upcoming acquisition of Family Physicians RX. That's uh, the DBA Five Star RX. And I know you do it for short, FSRX. So don't want anybody to be confused. We're talking about the same thing. And that was announced to be completed early in the month of June. Now, you've brought on new investors. The company's had a lot of awareness. For the newer investors, can we hit the highlights of this acquisition and what it means for you there at Progressive Care? So, I've said this a number of times, but I can't stress it enough because of how amazing it is for our company. We've effectively doubled in size. So, we have we went from two locations to four. We went from a delivery mile radius that went upwards of Fort St. Lucie. Now, we're hitting... Orange County, which is Orlando, and now going east and west from there through that I-4 corridor. So it's a humongous expansion opportunity where we're doing about, with the new acquisition on board, we're doing close to 50,000 prescriptions a month now as a full enterprise, around 30,000 between Farmco locations that's in Miami and West Palm Beach, and then the FSRX locations between their Orlando and Davie locations, they're doing about 18,000 prescriptions a month. So we should be close to that 48 to 50. And now with us on board, we bring that marketing capability. We bring that brand awareness. We bring that uh, reputation that we can take advantage of to even take those locations to the next level. They have a phenomenal staff, 
really world-class pharmacists, world-class technicians. They're amazing what they do. They have the same performance standards that we do. That's another reason why we chose them as a great partner, as a great addition to the progressive brand, because they believe just as much in patient care and patient adherence, patient awareness, and education and coaching as we do. So it provides this wonderful opportunity to expand through avenues that are familiar to us. We're not buying a pharmacy that, where we don't know their model, we don't know how they work. This is, they're fairly similar to us. And they, they have automation systems, they have access to MSOs and doctor's offices and clinics throughout that Orlando area, so it's a humongous opportunity. So for those that are just joining us and just looking at our story, you know, we were doing maybe $1.6, $1.8 million, um, upwards of $1.9 million a month just between the two locations that we had before, and now you're looking at, at, at effectively doubling that. So we should be close to $3 million a month um, in that 2.8. $3 million range every month from here on out. And I'm looking forward to, in the next uh, 10 days or so, releasing the sales as a whole company June for all four locations. And I think investors will be excited to see how much we've grown in just 12 months. In, 12, in less than 12 months, we've completed two acquisitions, adding three locations, and we're not stopping there. Well, that was my next question, and kudos to you on that uh, completion of that. I know that was a process, and I know it took a lot of due diligence, so congratulations. But as you're quoted as saying, this is the biggest accomplishment to date for the company. Now that it's completed, uh, and you, where you just left off, I'd like to ask you, what are some of the next areas for RxMD to focus on? So we have a number of big items to, to get to. Now that the acquisition is complete, we have to do a shareholder meeting, which we are working on getting the venue and getting the announcements made so that we can all get together as shareholders and talk about the future. We have to do audited financials. We have to refile with the SEC. We have working on our CBD line, which navigating the legal hurdles is fairly immense. If we were a retail establishment, it wouldn't be quite so constricting, but as a pharmacy, we have a lot more regulation than everybody else in this space, so we have to be very careful how we do it. But we have two brands that we are working with, and we're trying to do to do it right and do the right thing. So we're developing the, the brand, and then we're also exploring more acquisitions. Now getting us further north in Florida um, and possibly Georgia, we have um, due diligence packages we're working through to see if there, anything's a fit. And if it is, you know, making the right deal that's beneficial to us and beneficial to the shareholders and beneficial to that, to the acquired company as well. So we have a number of things. It's, it's boom, boom, boom all the way through the end of the year. We have the build out of the new building that is going to be consuming a, a great deal of time and effort because we want to make sure that this new building is the flagship. It's something that everybody can come to and, and view as a source of pride, a state-of-the-art facility for pharmacy operations. And we're working directly with some of the best technological partners in the country, both pharmacy and, and, and software-wise, to make this innovatively a step above. We, we don't want someone to look at this building and say, oh, it's just an, a cute little pharmacy. This is going to be a pharmacy that can handle business that is three times the volume we do today. We're prepping for the next five years here. 
So that's going to be a big undertaking and, and a huge accomplishment. We're, we'll be moving the Miami facility to here in 2020, and, and some of that Davy operation, if not all of it, will be moving here in 2020 as well. So we'll be doing, right off the bat, 50,000 prescriptions a month out of this one building and hoping to grow that two or three times. So there's a lot going on, and it's going to be very fast and very involved for the next 12 to 18 months. Earlier in the interview, you touched on the main numbers, and they have followed the trend for the last two years, which is continued growth year over year, month to month in revenue, as well as the number of prescriptions filled. Now, this was achieved within an environment that you've talked about several times. The healthcare and pharmacy playing field has presented new challenges continually. You've got the drastic reimbursement contraction and the aggressive PBM fees. Explain to me how RxMD is able to read and react to these policy changes where some of the larger players have shown they're a little bit slow to react and so they lag behind you in some regard? I think a lot of people don't see what's coming. One of the benefits of being where we are is we're always looking 12 months ahead. When we're sitting here and planning, we're, we're already in 2020. We're not in 2019. And we know that the PBM fees without legislation are going to get worse before they get better. We know that without um, an outcry in the healthcare community, community. Insurance reimbursements are going to get tighter. They're not going to get looser. So we know that that's the environment we work in. However, to mitigate that, we are best in, we strive to be best in class. The best way to mitigate PDM fees is to meet your performance metrics. And last year we met all three. We were in the top 92, 94 percentile of the nation. So that's no small feat. That's a lot of hard work. And because of that, we were able to achieve bonuses instead of, P- instead of uh, recoupments from, from Humana and some others. So we're going to continue to do that, making sure that we have the utmost of highest standards. We continue to be a five-star pharmacy. We continue to go to plans and tell them how much money we're saving by maintaining their adherence. But the other side of that is recognizing that being isolated to the insurance environment can be can have its pitfalls because we don't control the contracts, we don't control the PBMs and what they charge, we don't control insurance companies. So we're diversifying into cash-based sales, into business-to-business sales, and to be and and technology sales. That's why we went through telepharmacy, which, by the way, we went to IdeaShare. Telepharmacy is now a thing, and we're the ones that that spearheaded it. We're the ones that brought it to the to the table, and we're now seeing the market react to us. When we go to to present ourselves, now telepharmacy is a legitimate thing. So we're, we're developing that technology to, to have the opportunity to leverage that for, for financial results, and we're also working on how we can do business with MSOs and physician practices outside of the insurance environment that provides them a value add as well as 340B and other things. So we are insulating ourselves, and because we're so good at what we do, and that's not just trying to be um, pompous or braggadocious about it, because we care and are so good at what we do, that's why we're constantly getting new prescriptions. That's why doctors are continuing to switch to us. That's why patients are continuing to go and find us, seek us out, because we make a difference in their lives. So where there are reimbursement contraction, where there are uh, PBM fees, we make up for a great deal of that by increasing our script counts and increasing our our lives that we manage. So there's a lot of positives, 
but there's a lot we don't control. But we always focus on what we can control. Sheetal, being a public company has its own inherent challenges, as you know, being the CEO. Please take the opportunity right now to address some misconceptions regarding the handling of shares by insiders and the RxMD staff. I think what has been happening recently is a number of shareholders are looking at the volume in the stock and they're getting nervous. They're getting, they're assuming that insiders are taking advantage or manipulating or, or trying to sell stock into the market. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I have not sold a single share. Armin has not sold a single share. You know, most of our staff have their stock in certificate form still in a safe somewhere. So none of the insiders are selling. We also know that our shareholders are worried about the derivative and, and whether our investment partners are, are converting or, or clearing shares for sale into the market, which is not happening either. Our investors are not, our creditors and, and those who invested in the company have not uh, converted any of the notes. They haven't cleared any stock and they have not executed any market activity in the stock. So what you're seeing is is shareholders themselves who have shares either for a long time making decisions for themselves. None of the insiders are participating in this activity. Well, Sheetal, thank you for that, and thank you for all of your insights into the recent news. Once again, congratulations on the completion of the acquisition of FSRX. We look forward to speaking with you again here in the near future. Please enjoy your summer, and uh, we look forward to great things from you and Progressive Care. Thanks, Sheetal. Thank you. All right, for Sheetal Mars, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512-267-2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com.